There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. We've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Brendan Tierney. Brendan is a professional mixed martial artist as well as a coach and trainer. We had a great conversation that went from the lessons that he's learned from fighting to the importance of perspective in your life as well as the necessity of really understanding the impact that you have. You can find more information about Brendan via all of his social media, which you'll find in the show notes. And I definitely encourage you to check him out. He's got a lot to offer. Thanks as always for listening. Remember to tell a friend. And that's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me always is Centauri Minor. Good day, sir. How are you guys? Well, this is certainly the toughest and best mustached figured it out yet. <laughs> is it mustachio? Mustached. Mustache. Mustache with an e. So, uh, joining us today, helping us move from awareness to action, is Brendan Tierney. Brendan has been a champion mixed martial artist and current haver of awesome mustache. So, thanks for coming, Brendan. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, and just to circle back on a conversation, you, you said you've been growing that mustache since 2009? Yes, that's when I started my mustache trip or journey. Yep, and it's taken a while to find <laughs> Is there like a group of folks that do this that like get together and talk mustaches? No, and there really should be. You this is difficult. Yeah, you need this to is a difficult group. thing. Like growing a mustache, number one, one of the things I appreciate about mustaches is it takes dedication, it takes commitment, mm. it takes patience, okay. you know, all oh, kinds yeah. of wonderful character traits that, you know, you can really appreciate, uh, you know, in a person. And to me, uh, it's it's tricky. Some things don't work. You got to figure it out. Then you make mistakes and then you got to figure out how to recover it. It's mm. tricky. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's the name of the show, Brandon. Yeah. Figure it it's, out. It's so life. here we are. Right. It is absolutely live. So, mustache is life. Mustache is like fighting his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, anytime you probably commit yourself to it, to doing something. Well, so one of one of the things, and I, and I mentioned it in um, you know in the info that I sent you. Um, one of the things I really do believe is if you know one thing, you can apply the things that you know in that one thing to almost everything else that mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there, there's a certain nature of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's relationships, really. It's your relationship with you, or with you, with myself, with the people around me, the world around me, the clothes I wear, everything I do. So whether it's a mustache or, or if it's learning how to fight or if it's learning how to you know, organize your life in a certain way, it, it all is relative and it all is connected. You know? And that, to me, is one of the things that I think is a mystery to most people. And not that I have the answer to life, but I think that's a big piece of it. You know? And how did you come to this? Because I know you've been, <clears throat> you served in our military, which we're certainly grateful for. Um, you've been fighting for 15 plus years. I, well, I've been training for 15 training years. Training for 15 I years. Been, I, my first fight, I believe, was in 2006 or seven. So did you have a mo- moment of clarity or? Well, I, I didn't have a very easy life. You know, I didn't have a lot of, um, not that it was hard, not, you know, not that it was the hardest life ever, but um, I didn't have... 
I didn't have a lot of direction. I didn't have anybody really, um, I don't know, opening my eyes up to my values or to the qualities that I had or helping me to recognize what I can and what I can't do. And as I've stumbled through my life, I've had to figure out certain things that some things work and some things don't. And what I try to do is I try to, I try to create consistencies from from one thing to the other and if I can find some consistent line on one thing I try to look at how that may apply to something else and I mean it's 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 really basic and simple logic and it just kind of came to me and um, one of the books that I am in love with and I, I got a uh, an audio version of it uh, it's called the book of five rings and five rings five rings yep and it's a it's based off of a, a samurai's life and how he functions through his life. But what it does is it references a lot of these types of challenges that we all run into. And it's not a martial art type of thing. It is, it is a life type of thing. And, and like I said, just like all things, I think all things are a life type of thing or a martial arts type of thing or a mustache type of thing. You know what I mean? It's all so consistent. Mm-hmm. I think that if you don't approach everything like that, you are, in essence, going through the motions and, and wasting. And you don't know what you've done. You don't know what you've accomplished. You don't know the mistakes that you've made. You can't correct those mistakes. It's self-reflection. You have to be able to look at what you've done right and look at what you've done wrong and look at what you can do better. You know, I, I, don't, I don't rest on the things that I do really well. I continue to try to improve them, but I try to look at the values that I do well and try to transfer those things into the things that I don't do well, and I try to improve those things. Mm -hmm. How often do you kind of check, take a step back and check in with yourself to kind of reflect on those things? I, I kind of do it every day. I, I, I train people. I, I, I teach people how to fight. I teach people how um, you know to keep their fitness and their health. I help people with their diets. All those things are connected you know so when I'm speaking to somebody about throwing a punch I have to connect with something that they understand mm -hmm. you know I have to you know if you if you played hockey you know and you've never thrown a punch before I have to find a way to connect what you know to what I'm trying to show you okay. and when I can do that now we get into these conversations about whatever you know what I mean like one of the things especially with my young my young guys you know, if you're pushing so hard, like if you're trying to hit the bag so hard, you're throwing away your technique for the effort of hitting something. When you just kind of relax and you just go through the motion and allow your body to deliver what you're trying to deliver, all of a sudden things come really easily. When you're not so blinded by the thing that you think you see and just trying to do what you're supposed to do. And I relate it to women. Okay? When you're chasing a woman down in a relationship and you're just calling her and bugging her and asking her out on dates, they're like, God, leave me alone. You know? And then as soon as you just calm yourself, reflect back on yourself, start investing in yourself, start building yourself into the person that you want to be, not just women, but everybody that you surround yourself with, they see the interest that you take in building yourself and they're interested in you all of a sudden. Maybe not in a romantic way, but regardless, that, that connection begins somewhere. You know, it's the beginning yeah. of a momentum type of thing. That's the truth in any kind of relationship, for sure, whether it's romantic in nature or if it's professional. Um, if you were pursuing me to be my trainer and you wouldn't leave me alone, it would be the same thing. It would be like, man, Brendan, like, 
you need to give me some space, right. man. 100%. Um, <clears throat> well, certainly, I, I have an athletic background, and I know that athletics taught me so many different things. But the things you're talking about, self-assessment, relating it directly to, to fighting, which is the purest form of an individual sport. And accountability. <laughs> can't blame it on anybody else. You know, like it is your, your, your success and your failure. And now if you've failed in your techniques, you've failed to learn those things properly, again, you have to assess that. You have to be self-reflective and understand where you've made those mistakes. If you've invested your, your time and your energy into something that is not paying back, you're in finance. It's the same thing. You see what I mean? You redirect. You try to find what that problem is. Should I continue to work through this problem or should I pull off and reinvest in something else? So you've worked and engaged with a lot of fighters. What is something that you consi consistency see that is makes someone successful? So you can pinpoint this in everyone that does well. What is it? Patience. 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 More than anything. One of the fighters that is a very commonly referenced as the greatest of all time type of fighters. Not so much anymore because of Anderson Silva, he has built that. But it used to be Fedor Emelianenko. And Fedor Emelianenko, one of the qualities that he has is he is, he shows no emotion. There is no excitement. There is no, uh, there's no discomfort. There's no, it, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? So when he hits somebody hard, he doesn't go get excited and jump in and throw all the values that got him to where he's going. He patiently enters and continues to do what got him to where he got. And that's, again, right back to everything else we're talking about. It's life. You know, so if we can, so yes, so that would be my, my reference point is that they, they stay true to what they believe and they don't falter for anybody else. So Fedor Emilienko. He's, he's Russian, and I think Russians are pretty serious folks. I don't know if that was an appropriate thing to say or not. No. I mean, I, I, I have I, respect for that. I, I mean, oh, for me, sure. Dedication is one of the most valuable things you could have as a person. He's a, a stoic kind of a person, and I'm, I'm familiar with him. I don't know much about his early career. Was, was he always patient? Do you think that that was something that he grew into? I, I'm not sure. He I, Well, and again, I, I haven't I, – I don't – I'm not – I'm not a, I'm not a, this is an odd thing to say. I was reflecting on this actually recently. I've never had heroes. I've never had people that I have modeled my life after, so to speak. Um, I've taken pieces of things that I find value in, but I've never um, like learned everything I could about one person to become very much like that person. So I, I know superficial things. I, I make assessment from what I see and, and you know, sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm right, you know. Um, but to me, that's one of those things that really stands out. And and again, um, you know, I, I got beat up by my jiu-jitsu coach uh, yesterday. And one of the things, I kept doing the same thing. I kept doing, I, I kept trying to be successful doing the exact same thing. And he was like laying there laughing at me. Like quit it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> you know after, better than this. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I felt so, I, I felt like I genuinely disappointed him. Like he expected more out of me, and I failed. Ooh, <laughs> wow. So that that's a hard thing. But again, that has that gives me more time to reflect on myself and what I am not investing in and not growing in. Anyway, uh, I kept trying to pass his guard, 
And I kept doing it the same way. And he's just laying there. He goes, Brendan, what are you doing? He goes, this is not going to work. <laughs> he goes, why don't you do this and do this and do this? And he builds me. He says, you have strong legs. Use your strong legs. Use the things that you have in order to become successful at what you're trying to accomplish. Mm. And, you know, and if something doesn't work, try another thing. You know, it's not gonna, you're either not going anywhere or you're progressing. You may progress in the wrong direction, but at least you have another, another option. Now you have to do something different there. Patience. Yes. Man, that's... And awareness. And awareness. Yes. Those are tricky things. One of my favorite parables is the parable of the old bull and the young bull. Mm -hmm. You familiar with that one? Mm -hmm. They're on top of the hill, and the young bull says, let's go down and meet one of those cows. And the old bull says, no, let's walk down and meet them all. Yeah. Kind of a deal. And that's obviously the parable is old and young, and that you gain that wisdom to be patient as you get a little bit older. Subtle. So, so hard. So when you talk about, so you're patient through your training as, as well, not just patient during the fight, looking for your spots, but... So, this, and again, this is a, an obstacle that I face often. Sure. Um, when, when training someone, most people think, uh, they think of fighting as very physical. Okay? It's, it's a physical thing. You're trying to physically impose your will on another person. But in order to do that, if you don't understand how to begin that, you know, to get to that starting point, you have to have balance, you have to have stability, you have to be able to move your body in order to get to the right place to be able to, to do that. So you can't just be physical. You, I mean, you, tennis, I could go out there and sure. go crazy swinging the racket around, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna get it to go where I want it to go. Mm -hmm. there's, there's information that I need to have, and that takes patience. It takes patience to have that, that racket at the right angle in order to get it to the right place. You know, it's all the same stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the hip rotation. It, again, it's it's very. These are all connected things. You know, and um, yeah. It's, and, and that's it's so hard. You hear stories about. Uh, I'm, I, I really I love basketball, but you hear about when basketball players report to camp in high school, and the coach makes them for two weeks do drills without the ball. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, this sucks. I want to just shoot. Right. And, but you need the footwork and yes. the fundamentals and understand the spacing on the core. And I didn't know that. I love that. I didn't know that. Uh, w without question. So I didn't know that about basketball. So again, another relationship to that. Mm -hmm. If I had, a, a, if I could make this work for everyone and every student that I ever had, and I could count on them being patient enough to understand what was required in order to get to the point that they need to be at in order to be successful, I would never have them throw a punch for probably six months. Mm -hmm. It would be about footwork. It would be about the rise and fall and using gravity and shifting your, shifting your weight forward and backward and learning how to move your head and how to move your feet hidden behind all those movements. So the, that takes understanding. So if you're not patient in learning, you can't be patient in your in your activation of what you've learned. So, so uh, sticking to the theme of patience, how has that resonated or kind of bled into other parts of your life outside of the ring? Um, <laughs> so um, let's see. I have, I will admit a, a, a huge character flaw of mine, but I think it's not a, it's not a, uh, an uncommon thing. I think it's something that very many people have, and they may not notice it or not recognize it. But 
I am very hard on myself, you know, and, and I don't give myself equal credit for the things that I've done well versus the things that I've done poorly. Hmm. And w when, I, when I'm confronted with that, I have, to, I have to guide myself back down to keeping things even and fair because it's not fair. If I'm weighing things, I made a mistake over here. Oh, but I did this so good. It's okay. I can manage that. I would like to not make that mistake. You know, so I'll look for a way to avoid that. And again, it goes back to that self-reflection. Yeah. And uh, I got off track on that. So for <laughs> listeners uh, who are also in that same camp of being mm -hmm. harder than themselves and not really weighing and mm -hmm. being fair, what advice would you give them to kind of get them right on balance? Try to focus on the things that you do well, accept the things that you do wrong, and work toward trying to improve those things. It, 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 again, it, these are all basic, simple things. You know, if I trip every time I walk through the door, what do I have to do to not trip? Pick your foot up, you right. know, just a little bit higher. It, it could be the difference in living or dying. I mean, you could trip out the door and into traffic and get run over. I mean, you know, so, right. but, um, but back to that uh, self-deprecating topic, I have worked very hard to not allow what I think someone else may be thinking of me mm. to dictate how I deal with them. So, um, if I saw you and um, you know we met and we were very friendly the first time, and I saw you again and you didn't even look my way, I waved at you, you didn't say hi. I can't think, oh man, he just doesn't like me. You know, I must have done something wrong, and he's offended. He doesn't like my shirt. You know, whatever it is, you know, I can't do that to myself. That's totally unfair. I'm taking responsibility for what you are thinking in your mind without me ever having any ability to really do that. That's not that's not fair to myself and it's not fair to you. Right. And it will damage my ability to have a relationship with you in the future right. and it damages the relationship that I have with myself. So if, if I can't get past that, I'm gonna run into so many boundaries, so many walls that are going to stop me from moving to that next point. And again, it's, it's back to relationships and back to patience and back to awareness and back to understanding. The way we talk to ourselves so important because there is a balance there. It's extremely important to be introspective and to be real with yourself and say, you know what, I need to really improve in this area. Versus, oh, you're you're so stupid. You know, you're 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 an idiot because that's not constructive in the least bit. Not at all. And it's a very common thing. Like I, I have to, I have to very often tell my students not to be critical of themselves. Your job is not to be critical. Your job is to do what you're trying to do. My job is to help you see where you are making flaws and where you can improve. I don't want you abusing yourself. The world around you is here to abuse you. <laughs> Try to find a way to take care of yourself and, and build yourself rather than adding to the bombardment of negativity that is flowing in all around us. Right. All around us. All Everywhere. the time. Everywhere. It, it, and... You know, that's a whole other conversation. Our culture sure. is very, very uh, but, off in that. You know, I, most, mo well, so with my background is, is as a tennis player, which is completely less masculine than, than as a fighter. And I disagree 100%. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just saying, joke. like. Making a joke. But it, it, it's, it's totally, it's 100% a game of emergencies where you're getting, um, a different um, situation is being thrown at you at, 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 at every turn, I have a little bit more time as a tennis player to, after the point is over, to respond versus as a fighter, you have three rounds or five rounds at five minutes where you're having to respond to emergency and regroup fluidly. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you are beating yourself up during, you're physically going to become hugely well, damaged. And then you beat yourself. You tell yourself what you can't do and you accept it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you begin to accept the things that you don't even know whether they're real or not, they are all of a sudden real. And you have a very big obstacle in overcoming them. Our perception of what's going on around us is is what makes problems or solutions. Mm-hmm. So if you come to me with a big problem and I go, oh God, oh God, oh God, how are we going to do this? Oh God, oh God, oh God. And I'm just getting crazy about how bad it is. I will never get to the point of actually assessing what the real problem is and trying to find some type of a solution for it. We're just crying. Crying is something that's necessary sometimes. But yeah. if you're not being productive in some fashion, then it's a waste. It's one of my favorite things say that you can't cry over spilled milk. You can, but the milk's already spilled. So right. let's just clean hey, it up. Cry and clean it up right. at the same time. <laughs> maybe maybe pour another glass. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that that for me is probably one of the one of the greatest lessons that athletics taught me is, you know what, this bad thing just happened. Um, now it's time to regroup and move on to the next point in, in, in my example. So and how many people do you know that beat themselves down about what they've done wrong and what they they can't do? Why can't you do it? Why can't you find a way? Okay, I'm 41 years old, okay? You look uh, great. Thank you. Uh, I, I uh, in March, I, my, my last fight, I took outside of my weight class, which was a mistake, um, I took it against a guy that I knew was not going to make weight, had not made weight in like three or four fights. So I'm fighting outside Probably of my on weight the class. bigger end. Yeah. So <laughs> I, fight, I fight at 170. And, okay. and I would cut normally from yeah, 190 down to 170 and make weight and then be probably right around 185 or so by the time we fight. Right. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, uh, I, I come in on weight. That's my job. My job is to meet this requirement and then I meet the next requirement where I show up and fight. And um, I took this fight knowing that he wasn't going to make weight. I talked to the promoter over and over. What's going to happen when he doesn't make weight? What's going to happen when he doesn't make weight? What's going to happen when he doesn't make weight? And I'm frustrated about this. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm not taking that fight. I'm, if he doesn't make weight, I'm not taking this fight. And then you get there and you're like, and he's eight pounds over. And now I am, I weighed in at 183. He weighed in at, what is that, 191 or 192, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And by the time we fought, he probably cut hard. By the time we fought, he was probably 210, 215. Easily. Wow. Easily. <laughs> Easily. And I was still at my weight because I, that's outside of my weight class. Whoa. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So now I'm fighting two weight classes outside of close to three, technically. Um, and I tore my hamstring off my pelvis. Mm. And uh, How did they allow the, the fight to, to go on? If you guys are just so... Well, Brendan I allowed the fight it. to go on. Yes. Okay. I accept it. That was my fault. So I, I am responsible for my choices, you know, and and I can sit here and go, I shouldn't have done that. I've taken many short notice fights. I've taken many fights where the guy was off weight, and but I was confident in what I could do. I believed that regardless of his weight, I was still going to hit him, and right. I'm still going to going to hurt him. Right. But I'm not recognizing right. a couple of things. You know what I mean? So. No sense in stacking the cards against me. I should have been a little bit smarter in that decision and been more patient. Right. So I want to um, just pivot just a little bit. Sure. Always impressed with uh, our veterans and folks that have been in the military. Can you talk a little bit about 
what was your most rewarding experience and what you ultimately learned from your, what was it, six years? Eight years. Eight yeah. years, eight years, yeah. Um, Rescue Swimmer School. Um, I I was, uh, again, I, I joined the Navy because I was, I was a little lost and I didn't have much direction, as I said earlier. How old? Uh, I was 19. Oh, wow. And... Um, you grew up where? I grew up in... in, uh, in I grew up in Queens, in upstate New York, um, when I was... And I was having problems. I was, I was lost. You know, I didn't know what my value was. I didn't know what I was capable of. I was um, easily influenced by the wrong people. I had, and I believe that most, most people of my generation had a very, very negative... Um, education on what a man was. Men were violent, men were angry, mm -hmm. men were, you know, intimidating, they were hard, they were cold, they were not loving, caring, affectionate, you know, supportive people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I was not what a man would be. You know, I was loving and caring and thoughtful and wanted to be caring and all those things. So I had, I attempted to adjust what I was to fulfill that role. And I cost myself a lot, and it cost me some very, very difficult things in my life. And joining the Navy was one of those things that I thought could help me find my way. And to some degree it did, because when I joined the Navy uh, in rescue swimmer school, or I'm sorry, in, in, um, in boot camp, I, I started recognizing these, these SEALs, like these guys are coming in and they're doing a swim program. Everybody failed the, the swim, and I think there was maybe three of us that actually passed the swim. And it wasn't difficult. Like it was the, the little qualification that they gave us. It wasn't wasn't difficult to me. Um, but I was never an athlete, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, I struggled with trying to develop my athleticism in that, and um, came up short quite a few times. But because I kept coming up short, I kept working and kept trying to improve little things that I could. I asked everybody that I had access to to help me um, find the direction that I was trying to go, and they did. And uh, I was invited to um, to take a test for rescue swimmer school. We had just commissioned our ship, and we were short a swimmer on the boat, and we needed at least, um, I believe, at least one. And we were missing the other swimmer at that point, so they were in a pinch, and we were we were underway um, at the end of that school, and they asked for volunteers. I said, I'll take it. I'll go. I've been I've been begging you guys to send me for a while. They told me on a Friday I showed up on Monday, and I passed. I passed the in test, and and then I I went through the training, and and again shocking myself over and over and over again, you know, just about really just just going through and doing what I was being asked to do rather than trying to interpret what was acceptable and what was not, what I was doing well and what I was not doing well. It had to do with just fulfilling those obligations. And as I fulfilled each obligation, I moved on to the next obligation and moved on to it. So it was a, a lesson in success that I had never really experienced before. And, um, and when I graduated that class, we started with 32 or 34 people. We graduated six people, you know, and, and again, I was not an athlete like I, or, to my understanding, I didn't recognize what I was and what I was capable of. And that was by far the biggest eye-opener for me and beginning of, of uh, recognizing my values. So, and my value and, and what I could be. So it was, uh, the Navy did help me quite a bit. No kidding. <clears throat> no kidding. A little bit of discipline mixed in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, and patience. 
and, and, and <laughs> when you were stuck Hurry for up and wait. four years, and then you and then I, I reenlisted again. Uh, but what you're stuck. You you're on their time. You're not on your time anymore. You have you're doing what they're asking you to do. You don't have any you know um, direction that you are controlling. You can request, but it's up to them to allow you to do those things. Got it. It seems to me right now that we are in a really interesting place in time where you have, we are in the United States in the most richest, prosperous nation that's ever been. But you have people that feel like they're disenfranchised. You have people that feel like they're being persecuted and they very well, they very well may be. My take on it is that how you look at something makes all the difference in the world. Now, maybe I'm in a position I'm able to have that perspective, but coming from where you've been throughout your entire life, how important do you think perspective is on things? It's everything. I mean, it, it is It is legitimately everything. It, like, this is right here. Without me moving my head, I can't see that over there. So that doesn't exist to me. Right. So my perspective on this is everything in recognizing that there is something there. He's talking about me. the microphone. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> so there, if there's something in front of my face and I don't move my face to see what may be behind that, I'll never know what's behind it. That is what, that's that's perspective. That right. is everything that, every, every, that's how you determine what is successful. Okay, I could fail miserably, but if I did something that I had never done before in that failure, I have to accept that there was some success in that. There is some value in that. There is some reason that I failed in order to show me that I could do this thing and I need more work on this thing. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. There's no there's no failing in that. Yeah. You know? Um, and that has to do with your perspective. Mm -hmm. So everything is perspective. Right. You know? So yes, I agree with 100%. One of the things that I really think is so cool about fighting is that anybody can do it and oftentimes boxers are from lower socioeconomic levels mm -hmm. and the only way out is fighting um and so there have been great fighters from every different background that that's ever been um one of the things another thing that i think is so cool about fighting is that you can come down to the last 10 seconds of a fight and have lost every second up until then and still win and still knock the other person out. Um, and the whole th notion of it ain't over till it's over. Yeah, very real. And you might be way better than me on paper, but when we step into the, the ring or the octagon or whatever, we got to find out, man. Well, and, and one of the, and you know, they say that a fight is not one in the ring. It is one before, okay? Like abs aren't made in gym, they're made in the kitchen, okay? And that's the same That's the same game that we're looking at here. Uh, so one of the flaws that I have had in my fighting career is I have, I've taken every fight off for the most part. Anytime I have an opportunity to fight, I'm taking it. Let's okay. go. I want to fight. You're I, like, wanna, I love to fight. You're like Conor McGregor. I love it. I, I, I love to fight. And, and I would do it for free. To be honest with you, it's not about money. It is about it is about that discovery. It is about that ability to have a a very defined um, 
episode that allows me to reflect on and, and, and see the things that I did right, see the things that I did wrong, see where I have room to improve. It, it, it's, it's fantastic. And, and, it, and it is such a clear definition of who you are as a person, how you handle obstacles, how you handle failures, how you handle successes. You know, again, like I, like I mentioned with, with Fedor, okay? I, 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 can't, I would say almost every fight that I've ever seen him in, he dings somebody real hard and he just moves in. He doesn't jump in, okay? So again, he's taking his time to ensure that he's continuing to do what got him there. You know, I don't know, I, I just... Uh, <laughs> I can tell that you're passionate about yeah. it. Um, I, I, those aspects of it, um, it's very, very pure from that perspective. Um, and it really washes away all the pretense once you step in to whatever the enclosure is. Right. Well, and I'm sorry, let me cut you off real quick. I, 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 got, I got off track on that last comment, but when I was saying about preparation, he's prep, he's prepared for the reaction, whatever it is, you know, um, I had a boxing coach of mine that I, I really enjoyed and he broke this down really simply. So if you throw a right hand, what are my options after you throw that right hand? What can I, you have to know what's going to happen if you do this that. thing, right? So, and it's not so much anticipating what they're going to do, but being aware of what their possibilities are. So <clears throat> when I drive a car, I know that I could be hit by all these vehicles every time I could, you know, so I am aware of those dangers and those, those vulnerabilities. So I have to prepare for that. Right. You know, I keep a little barrier around me when I drive and I do the same thing when I fight. And, and that's one of those things is understanding that patience of understanding what you need to know and then working to apply them and having the patience to wait for those opportunities. Um, and, and to, to make one point that I think is very, very important with fighting is Fighting is, is implied to be a forced thing. And the way that I look at fighting, it, it's about being prepared to take advantage of an opportunity. So if I'm trying to, um, if I'm trying to hit you with my right hand, then that's all I see. And then we go back to perspective. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm looking for. What we want to look at is just everything that's there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and just really just observing that person and being aware of, of their little tendencies and the things that they do really well and the things that they do really wrong and, and trying to capitalize on those opportunities that present themselves as they, as they do. They can do something perfect, but if I know that they do it perfect, there is some option in there. So I have to know that, you know, and I have to try to capitalize on that as we go. And so that, again, back to that awareness, that patience, and that, and that, uh, that real search for opportunities rather than trying to force what you want to happen. It, it's very difficult. It goes back to that relationship type of thing. I'm forcing you to do what I want you to do. You're not going to do that. I want to invite you. I want to give you the opportunity to take that, and then I can take it back, you mm -hmm. know? So you say you've worked with a lot of folks on uh, diet, which is um, extremely important. Walk me through how that process works and what are some of the pitfalls uh, that you see people commonly run into? Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna get a little crazy for you right now. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> I, I am a bit of a conspiracy theorist, I suppose. This should be good. And yes, and one of the, <laughs> one of the many things that we have been convinced of is animal products. 
Now, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I, I, I do find value in animal products. However, for it to be the basis of every meal all throughout your day, I don't think is real. Mm. And we, uh, I would say there's a pretty long history of being misled into believing that meat is the only valuable source of protein. That's not accurate. You know, it was, uh, again, I, I, I don't want to get crazy on that, but again, if we can look at what we what we have in, in vegetables, what we have, um, what they're providing to us, and minimizing all of these meats, all half of our diseases in this world are, are coming from an overload of something. We've done too much of this. We've done too much of that. And to me, eating meats and dairy, and you're overloading your body with that. Your body is not prepared to manage that much stuff. You know, um, so. One of my main focuses for for diet is increase your vegetables. Make your vegetables, rather than their standard American meal of a big fat steak and two little pieces of broccoli and whatever else they throw on there. Baked potato. Yeah, thank you. Right. Do you like a good baked potato? <laughs> I, I do too. But we need to have more vegetables. These vegetables should be the source of, of our survival. Not, not have, and again, now going to killing something. You know, there's, a, there's an ethical thing involved in that as well. You know, to suggest that animals don't have feelings, that they're not similar to what we are, I think that's a lie. And you're lying to yourself if you can believe that. Now, there are requirements. I, unfortunately, I will have to kill that thing in order to eat it. But it is being valued. It is adding to my life. It is something that is, that is growing me as a person to be the best person. And so it was a, it was a sacrifice on their part, but I'm not disrespecting that. And that's, that's, so I got off topic a little bit, but uh, back to the diet thing, uh, hydration, vegetables, and uh, cutting out dairy, um, and minimizing your, your, uh, your meat products. So it sounds like what you said earlier about uh, abs are made in the kitchen, or uh, yeah. In the, yep. yeah, in the yep. kitchen, not in the gym. Yeah. So you are of the camp that you can't out-exercise a bad diet, right? You know, well, no, you cannot. Okay. You, you, it, you, what you put in is what comes out. I, again, it's <laughs> consistency. It's the same thing. If I'm working really hard, there is a very slim chance that I'm going to be unsuccessful. If I am very, very intent on being successful, I'm going to find that way to get there. It may take me a long time, but I'm going to find it. If, if uh, you know, so I've got to put all that stuff in my body in order to get it out. Um, like where I get out of my body what I want. I mean, I can't, I can't run a car on water. I've got to put the gas that it doesn't, that it needs to be. That makes sense. Yeah. Are you still fighting? Are you wanting to continue fighting? I desperately want to continue fighting, but I have to have a better respect for uh, number one, my wife, um, and. Uh, because it's her time to start fighting, and well, she doesn't want to be in your shadow. She, 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 yeah. no? You told her that she needs to get in the ring. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, look, it, it, one of the things that we have had uh, some discussions about um, is how everybody's always, oh, man, you're so tough. And, you know, when are you going to fight again? I love seeing you fight. I'm so excited to see you fight. And she's like, they're not here when you're hurt. They don't have to right. deal with your obstacles and how you know, you're going to, to continue on to the next step. And, and, and what she may not understand, I'm not really doing it for anybody else. I'm doing it for myself because I love it. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm fine. I've found my, my way, you know? Mm -hmm. And 
so it is very valuable to me, and I have, uh, I, I definitely have some internal conflicts with it because I don't feel old. I may be 41, but I feel extremely good. And and even after this this hamstring injury, um, I don't feel limited. I don't feel like I'm incapable of of accomplishing the same things that I was doing previously. So, you know, it's it's a it's a hard thing to accept. What is the average age of a fighter in in this? Average, I would say, probably mid twenties, low to mid twenties. Wow. Yeah, I mean, most of the guys that I've fought recently, I was at least ten years older than, if mm. not, um, <laughs> if not twenty. You know, so, but again, that that's fun for me. Right. You know, to get your to get to right. get beat up by an old man with a mustache like this is <laughs> kind of worth it. It's a privilege. There's definitely something there. Yeah. I think well. It's always, uh, to me, very, very, very interesting as as we move through different seasons of our lives, move from athletics to being a professional, being a kid to being an adult, being a student, whatever it might be. And you are obviously doing those things at the same time. You're still fighting, but um, you've become a successful trainer, successful coaching people about their diets. Um, I feel like people struggle, a lot of folks struggle out there trying to find purpose when they should just be looking for where can I have an impact. Hmm. I saw a great quote, if I can pull this up for you real quick. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I, I took a little screenshot of it. And it says, the things that excite you are not random. They are, they are connected to your purpose. Follow them. There's a reason why you're in love with things. There's a reason why you enjoy doing things. If you can find a way to do those things that you love and enjoy for as long as you can, you're, you've found your purpose. You are living your life. And to me, my purpose is to find the best version of myself that I can be. And that takes self-reflection. That takes, that takes patience. That takes everything I've done with this mustache. Okay? <laughs> you know, this mustache <laughs> takes a long time to find the value in this mustache, to find how to trim it properly, to get it looking the way that I want it to look. You know, it may seem easy, but it's tricky. That, that is a, that's a, that's an important conversation to have right there. Not necessarily the mustache, but that is extremely important to talk about. <laughs> The difference between that which makes us happy is what we should pursue. And I don't know if that's the language that you just used. Because um, sometimes I feel like the things that make us happy aren't the things that are really going to make us content and fulfilled. In fact, quite the opposite. You know, we're in a society with the Kardashians and a bunch of bullshit. It's not going to make me content, but it's going to make me happy and Facebook. Well, we got to define happy. Mm, you know sure. I mean, because I can enjoy my time right now, but that doesn't make me happy. You know, that doesn't that doesn't change the place that my life is in. I, it doesn't change where I'm going next. So, you know, as far as happiness goes, to me, happiness goes with being able to fulfill your purpose as often as you can. Mm -hmm. You know, because that is I'm defining myself every time I do that. And to define myself reinforces what I believe in myself every day. And it reinforces the example that I want to share with other people. And, and, and it gives me some responsibility. I mean, it makes me responsible to myself and to the people who, who admire what I am doing and who appreciate who I am, you know? 
I have a responsibility to those people and I have a responsibility to myself. And to me, that is happiness. Yes. It's fulfilling those obligations and fulfilling those responsibilities of being you because that's what people are, are loving of you. you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And language is so important in the words we use and sometimes very casual and the difference between happiness and contentment and that's something that I, I, I study, the practice of contentment. Mm -hmm. And a real easy way to think about that is ice cream makes me happy, but it doesn't make me content. Right. Doing the work that I do to advance humanity in a very, very small way, which I try to do every day, right. makes me content. So happy goes up and down, right. you know, goes up and down. And ice cream, pizza, back happy. Back to even. Right. That is happiness. Managing your consistent purpose. Managing you being a consistent person. If I walk in the door one day, hey man, how are you? High fives, giving you hugs every time. And then I walk out and I walk back in here and I try to punch you in the face. You know, or I throw something through the window. I mean, that's not, who is this person? Like, mm -hmm. what is he? How is he? How is he functioning in this world, <laughs> you know? And, and so we've got to find a way to not please other people, but really please ourselves and, and, and be proud of the person that we are and, be, and, and work toward, and if you're not proud of the person that you are, you better figure out how to be proud of that person. Because really, my opinion of myself is the most valuable opinion. If you don't like me, I'm sorry, I can go somewhere else. I don't Tough need luck, to right? associate with you, right, right. you know? But if I don't like me, where am I going to go? I got nowhere to go. I have to live with myself for the rest of my life. So your advice would be to be anchored in yourself to before be anything else. To be in love with yourself, oh. to build yourself, to invest in yourself every single day. If you're not, you know, they, they've got a nice little saying, what is it, 1% better every day? That's a wonderful thing. Yeah, oh, no because, doubt. I mean, I, I can tell you I, I took a break, not intentionally, from doing jujitsu because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be coached by someone else. I wanted to be coached by my coach. And at that time, I wasn't able to do that. And w instead of trying to find some way to improve myself day to day, I turned my nose up and cut my nose off to spite my face because I couldn't go where I wanted to go because I wanted to improve this way. Well, I wasn't taking advantage of my opportunities then. I wasn't taking advantage or observing all the things around me. I was cutting myself off. So had I gone to somebody who wasn't as ideal as my, my coach, I still would have picked things up. Mm -hmm. And I would have improved something. I would have understood something. I would have grown somehow. And I didn't do that. And so I didn't improve. And I lost. I mean, I've got guys, guys that I was senior to that are black belts right now. You know? And that's because I didn't take the time to improve every day. And they did. Just showing up. No. That is 90% uh, of success is showing up. It That's really a Woody Allen quote, or it's probably somebody different than Woody Allen, but I, I think that it, well be Woody but, somebody but, said it. <laughs> but I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that, is that 90% is just showing up and doing it every day, which is super boring, but super hard to do. But, 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 but what's exciting? Exciting is having your life turned upside down because you don't know what to expect well, out of no, what's happening. That's, that's not exciting. That sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah. I mean, there is some excitement to it, but it's not the kind of excitement I'm looking for. And not anymore. <laughs> you know? But. Well, as our time is drawing to a close, um, 
I'm, I'm excited for you. I, I think that it sounds like your perspective on, on, on your life and, and, and where you are and where you're going is, is awesome. Um, and I would definitely encourage people that are looking for improvement in, in their physical, in their, in their, in their diet, in their psychological life to, to look up Brendan, check out information on, on, on your website or wherever folks can find you. Mm -hmm. I'll let you, Sure. Instead of just mumbling through it like yeah. I was just doing a second well, ago. Well, I appreciate that very much. That was a wonderful compliment. And that that is the impression that I want to present. I, I want people to see that I am happy. And I am, and that happiness is real, you know, and it, and it is and it's genuine. And I want to share that with as many people as I can. Um, and I want them to see their value, you know, and, and I think that that's missing in a lot of things. Um, but uh, yes, my website is actually uh, in the process of being up. It's under construction, um, but uh, that should be up within the next week. Um, otherwise, I can be found on uh, Instagram at tiny underscore shorts, which is my fight name, and uh, Twitter as well. And then on, I'm on Facebook under my name, Brendan Tierney. We'll have all the uh, information in the show notes as well where you'll be able to find Brendan. Centauri, what else, sir? Last question to you would be, so on this role to road to self-improvement or to self-awareness, what is like the first step that someone should take in this? Other than you know meeting with you personally, what can I do tonight to start on this journey? I just find things about yourself that are awesome. I mean, and appreciate them. You know what I mean? Like, look at yourself every single day and talk about what you do really well. If you're doing something that you're doing really wrong and you recognize the thing that you're doing really well, there's got to be some association with the thing that you're doing really well and what you're not doing really well over here. Okay, I went, uh, to just a real quick one. Um, I teach people how to fight from both sides, not from south, not from just southpaw and not from just orthodox. Because when you end up in your offside, you panic and you get confused. Now, learning to do the offside is difficult because you look at the whole picture rather than just what each movement is executed on your strong side. And if you can relate that to the opposite side, all of a sudden you become successful. Mm -hmm. It's like throwing a football. If I throw a football without thinking, just going through the motions, I throw all crazy. But if I think about what I'm doing, I'm pushing my weight forward, I'm stepping forward, my elbow is being delivered this way, I can do the exact same thing with my left hand. Think about the process. And that would be what I would apply to as many things as I can. To know one thing, you will know 10,000 things. Be sure in what you know. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, well, guys. If, if you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show and tell a friend. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.